feel that. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Beards for Radio podcast. Joining you, as always, is me, Joe. And me, Sasha. And, oh boy, we got some stuff to get to on this one. Feels like only like a month ago we were talking about Spider-Man leaving the MCU, and now we got some news on that. We got the NBA season right around the corner, and um, again, I think we should kick off with the Lions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's been up and down with the Lions, you know, I think for all of our lives, really, but um. You know, there's really high hopes on when Patricia came in and, and what he can do. Our, you know, ESPN, they, they said that their Lions were soft 0-11. They're now 2-1-1, which is pleasant, pleasantly surprising because, honestly, um, I even said this, Philadelphia, they, pay, they played a Philadelphia team that was, you know, downtrodden. They were injured. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm glad that they won that one. Um, I wish you could have beat the crap out of them. It would probably, you know, made it all much more sweeter. But yeah. then the next time it comes around, they play Chiefs. And, you know, regardless of this, this is Mahomes' first time playing indoors in the NFL, whatever, whatnot, they held Mahomes to zero total touchdowns. I mean, none rushing touchdowns, none in the air. He had 300-plus uh, yards, don't get me wrong, but they, they couldn't find the end zone. Um their, their, their three or four running backs had to do it. I think they had three running backs that they run by committee. They had a little over 100 yards, like 120 yards, something like that, three touchdowns. And that's what kind of killed us there is just not stopping those three uh, running backs who, you know, didn't run for right. big yards, ran for the scores. And also, man, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, that the Chiefs beat us. We beat ourselves, dude. The Lions beat themselves once again. I mean, fumbling what, two two times in uh, the red zone? Uh, Stafford's fumble was stupid. I don't understand why he didn't, you know, slide uh, you know, try to get down, but he didn't. He tried to keep on running it the first time and fumbling. So, there's a lot of stuff that you see the Lions take a step forward, and you're like, okay, they're, they look a little more disciplined. And then you get out there, and they don't hold on to the ball. And you're like, geez, yeah. you know, are, are we as disciplined as we thought? You know, what's going on? And I think it's it's easy right now to say you don't know where you're at with the Lions, but I think after this bye week and after uh, we see where we are uh, against the Pack, against the Vikings, I think I'll have a little more – uh, idea of what the Lions are going to be this year, you know. I'm, I'm so just I'm sitting back. I'm just gonna watch. I'm not drinking the Honolulu Blue Kool Aid yet, you know. what I'm saying because you know you you can't drink it right now. Next thing you know, that Honolulu Blue is mixed with the silver. That silver is mercury, <laughs> and, yeah. and that poisoned yourself. So I'm just waiting. I'm waiting these next three weeks. I I know it's unfair to say, but you know what? It's it's lines have been unfair to me my whole life. So. I'm just going to sit back, watch. But for right now, I'm, I kind of like what they brought to the table with the Chiefs. Where they shot themselves in the foot because it was a winnable game. It really was a winnable game. And the crazy thing is they were down so many players on defense, especially in the secondary. And, like, I, I, I like the way our guys stepped up and they, you know, had a little more moxie in them than usual. So I want to see that every game. I don't want to see them play to their opponent, which Lions do a lot. It was the first time we really saw the defensive line 
make any sort of impact at all because these mm-hmm. are the first three games. I I was really excited about the defensive line coming in. You know, Trey Flowers, Snacks Harrison, Daniels, uh, Ashawn Hand, Deshaun Robinson, or Deshaun Hand and Ashawn Robinson. I don't know. Right. <laughs> I saw someone saying the Lions could easily be 4-0, but they could also easily be 0-4 right now. They're just a couple plays away from either one. So I think we have to like where we're at, 2-1-1. And, and yeah, I think it's a good time for a bye week because then you're going into Monday night at Green Bay, and that's not the tallest task in the world. That's a winnable game. But... Yeah, you said it. It looks like they're finally on their way, that maybe they are building a culture, but there's still some distance between them and the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Saints or the Eagles when they're healthy, you know. They're still making those mental errors and not making the winning plays. Carryon Johnson admitted it himself. He knows better than to stretch the ball out like that you know, it's it's awesome when you get it into the end zone, but more often than not, it's going to result in a fumble. And there, I think there was some lack of mental awareness because it could have easily been a fumble, Chiefs ball at the one, but everybody just let uh, Breland stroll to the end zone. And it was the right call. I got to get it, give it to the refs because usually we see that play blown dead before it gets off the ground. And then they're like, oh, whoops, it should have been a fumble. So I like the fact that they let it, run right it's just the lions need to play to the whistle exactly you said it right there they need to play the whistle and galladay was there and he kind of just tapped him oh you didn't hear a whistle bro nobody heard a whistle you guys are taught that right you guys are taught that since peewee football you know what i'm saying and 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 look but stafford played a great game but he was not error free as well if you just look at passing it's great you know 291 yards three touchdowns no picks but he took four sacks for 30 yards. He did lose that fumble. He could have delivered some passes better. Like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes was missing on some open players. He really was. I don't think we'll see a game like that from Patrick Mahomes again, unless it's like a, a shit weather game. Like, right. the Lions outplayed the Chiefs, and they had a shot to win. And honestly, going into the game, like, I would have given anything for the Lions to have just a shot at the end of the game. Right. And they had that right. shot. So I'm not completely sold on Patricia yet, but maybe, just maybe, these are the signs that the tide is turning. And, you know, the Patriot way or the Detroit Patriots, all that stuff he's been talking, maybe now the culture is starting to set in with the players. And they're starting to get the type of team mojo that they're they've been looking for for a year and four games well yeah yeah they they definitely need to and i think you um you hit the nail on the head too is that um is that carrying even said it himself you know what i'm saying he didn't try to pass the buck these guys haven't been trying to pass the buck you know uh, as yeah. we as lions fans or as not slappy drink the kool-aid every year lions fans I've been seeing a lot of stupid memes going around, like, "Oh, this is this this might be a good matchup this this week, Detroit versus the refs." It's like, you know what? If you if yeah. you have to get if you have to get yourself to a point where it's the game's in the refs' hands, 
you can't cry about the outcome because you should be able right. to control that game to the point where you shouldn't have these refs have make that decision for you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you, it, it's almost like you can let someone else take that out of your hands. It's been happening for so long in Detroit where it's just like, let's, let's sit in the driver's seat. Let's not play it safe. Let's play the win. Let's put our boot on these guys' neck and just not stop until they're blue in the face. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, to me, that's how you're supposed to play football. To me, that's how you're supposed to play sports. You know what I'm saying? Just don't, don't take your foot off the gas, man. You know, I could understand not scoring in the last, you know, 30 seconds of a basketball game. You know what I'm saying? Like that tab, mm-hmm. that taboo, you know, but like yeah. football, it don't matter, bro. You're going for it every single time until you can take a knee and run out the clock, you know, you know, very, very safely. But to play it safe, like in the fourth, like, oh, there's 11 minutes left on the clock. You got time management. I was, I've never been a fan about time management. Just go, just right. go, just score. Just, you know, how you, how you get to win? Score more points than the other team and make sure they don't score more points than you. That's it. That's the whole point about football. That's the whole point about sports, man. And I just don't want the Lions to ever slow down. And when it comes to that fourth quarter, I'm always like just – I mean, that, that Chiefs game – Keep it up. Just yeah. keep it up. That Chiefs game was a, uh, a pure example of what the Lions do when they try to manage the clock. And then all these and then all these fans, you know, always the Lions, always just calls us Lions. And, oh, they called the Kelvin Johnson Lion rule on Kenny Galladay Sunday. You know, you complete the – you know, it's whatever, man. Just get up and do it again. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I'm glad that right. on Johnson looked at himself at that point. You know what I'm saying? And didn't blame nobody. Didn't blame the refs. And didn't think, oh, yeah, I should have been down. So – same old, same old Lions is going to be alive and well as long as the fans are blaming losses on everything but the Lions. All right, true. As long as the fans are a bunch, are just a pack of losers who blame the refs. Oh, they picked up the flag. Yeah, well, Lions had a chance to get a first down after that anyways. Right. Oh, like, you know, we've heard it all. Right. SOF, I guess. It's, same old fans. Yeah. Believe it or not, it's not Detroit versus everybody. Right. And I know Eminem wrote that song, and everybody has the Detroit versus everybody shirts. The NFL doesn't care about the Lions. Like, unless you're playing the Patriots every single week, no, the refs are not out to screw you, believe it or not. Right. Unless you're the team playing the Patriots. Yeah, and, and Carrion had a good game, 125 yards. There's nothing to scoff at, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you said, like, yeah, like Stafford had a good game, but you're right. He was not error free. You know, he missed some passes. He should have, he should have slid on that fumble. We, we need to hold on to the ball a lot more. You know what I'm saying? So the defense had a great game, but they let Mahomes walk to a first down. Oh my God. That killed me on the game winning drive. That killed me. That freaking killed me, dude. And you know what? And you know, it is uh, uh, when you're going into the fourth, like, Every Lions fan, every person watching a game has it right in the back of their head. Like, what are they going to do to fuck this up? You know, excuse my French, but yeah, what are they going to do to mess this up? Like, honestly, you know, like they're going to do something and and it's always something. And just like, and it's, and I feel like it it comes from not having that killer instinct to finally, you know, you know, crunch down and and snap the vertebrae, you know what I'm saying? And just like end it. No, yeah. they don't ever do that. And I do not understand why, and it, and it kills me. And, and like you said, Stafford has been looking good this year. You know what I'm saying? Almost like I forget what year. year I think it was 
the gym. It was like 2016. When he had that, he started off, he started off so good. He was looking so good. And like the last quarter, maybe the last like 35% of the season, man, he was just nowhere to be found. So I hope he keeps it up. Yeah. You know, I hope he keeps it up. I hope he doesn't follow that kind of um, season. True. But how does this change your view on the Lions? Or are you – do you have to wait until Monday night? I have to wait, dude. You you know, you've been been burned so much, you know what I'm saying? Being a Lions fan, I've been burnt so much. So I can't – I'm not going to sit there and dive in, but I'm not going to sit there and, you know, completely rule them out. You know, they have a lot of talent on this team. You know what I'm saying? They, you know, they're they're doing something that I have never seen in Detroit – you know, Lions history is trying to change a culture and you can see it kind of happening little by little. They're trying to change it. You know, they're, they're doing a lot of right things, but the things that they do wrong are so devastating, you know, yeah, they outweigh the hundred great things that yet you do. You know what I'm saying? You can do a hundred great things on the field, but there's, you let up three touchdowns, man. We don't care about those other 97 plays or those other hundred plays. You know what I'm saying? It's just what you, you let three go and now you're done. You let a, you let an eight yard run to uh, Mahomes go and now you're done. You did all that stuff. Great. And then you on two, three, four, five plays, all of it went to crap. So it's like they, yeah. they need to like okay. not make their, cause every team's going to make mistakes. Just don't make them so devastating. Jesus, you know? Yeah. No, it's about making the winning plays during winning time. Right. And they haven't, you know, they've had those moments where, you know, Stafford leads them down the field uh, and they kick a field goal to win by one. It's like, well, that's just average. Not You're scraping together a drive at the end and and counting on Matt Prater to deliver, which he usually does, you know. That's why I, I always laugh when people are like, oh, Stafford, he's the comeback king. It's like, well, he just needs to go like 40 yards and he's got a a kicker that can nail it from anywhere from 48 to 58 yards and he doesn't have to do that much. Right, just have the beer bong waiting for Prater on the sidelines and we good, (laughs) baby. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see a week from Monday yeah, we, against Packers. Against, against the Packers, man. Um, I think it's a huge game. I think it's a it's a great test. I think the Packers are kind of going through a structure change uh, themselves. Their defense didn't look too good last game, so we'll see how we we'll see how we fare against them. And I think I'll make my I think I'll lean towards more towards my decision, but I want to see how they fare against. Uh, the Vikings and the Bears as well. I want to see how they do in our yeah. the division. It's you know that's my old, that's what I right. look at. You got to you got to win your division games. To me, the loss to the Chiefs doesn't hurt that much because that's an AFC loss, right? So NFC games are much more important than the intra conference games. You know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially especially the teams in your own division and they got a lot of games against the Vikings bears and pack yep. coming up. And, so this is when it really gets ratcheted up. And absolutely. It gets thick. They're, they're right in the thick of it. Those are my favorite games to watch is, is our conference, the black and blue conference. And I want them to live up to the black and blue. You know what I'm saying? I want them to start beating up on these guys. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Am I going to be, you know, surprised which way to other, Oh, you bet your you bet your butt. I will, but um, uh, I'm 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 fairly confident this time. But then again, I've been saying this for thirty plus years, so 
I guess, go Lions. <laughs> this this, this uh, is very intriguing to me, man. I don't like. I don't know about this list. I mean, I, you look at the top four or five. You're like, okay, I can, I, I can look at it, you know. But afterwards, it starts kind mm-hmm. of getting. Uh, I don't, I don't know. It's like I look on this and like I don't see my man uh, Clay Thompson every anywhere until like. <sighs> Keep going, dude. I think Zion Williamson's right in front of him. Yeah, Zion Williamson's yeah. 42. You know, Clay Thompson's not even in the in in the top 50. I just don't understand that. So I don't know. It's, Take it away, dude. I just I look at this list. I just I don't understand it. Right. I mean, it is ESPN, so you got to take everything they post kind of with a grain of salt. Because I don't know. I think they've always been kind of skewed. But yeah, to me, like ESPN's top 100 list, I think they always go too much with the flow. They're always too much on the jock of like whatever rookie is hot or whatever new free agent with a new team is hot, you know. I really think people are underestimating the Warriors too much. Oh, yeah. Like, they were... Warriors were something special before Kevin Durant ever got there. That's why everybody was so pissed off when KD arrived at Golden State. Right. Because they won a championship. They went 73-9 and and were a game away from another championship. But, yeah, we'll get into uh, ESPN's ranking the best 100 players in the NBA. And we got some kids from the state of Michigan uh, gracing the list and – um. I got those numbers for you right here. Some notables from that uh, have ties to our great state. Clocking in at number 70 is Gary Harris for the Denver Nuggets. You know, I've always been a big fan of his. Yes. Number 60, Karis LeVert of the Brooklyn Nets. He had a nice start to the season, had that gruesome injury. And I was honestly kind of surprised he came back during the season and delivered the way he did. And he had some good games in the playoffs as well. Right. And and I like Karis. Don't get me wrong. I like him. But, like, would I put him at a 60? Like, I don't think I'd put him up that right. high. I don't yeah. think he's done that much. Like, to me, I, he, I like I like Denver. I like the Nuggets. I would put Gary Harris above Karis. And you know what? I'm a Michigan guy, and I love Karis Silver. Don't get me wrong. But I think Harris – I. Like if you if I was picking my teams, I'd pick I'd pick Harris over Harris. And I, I really like Harris Lavert as well, but he's over the likes of Julius Randle, John Morant, Justice Winslow. Those are just three players that are in the nineties on this list. Um, Joe Joe Harris from Brooklyn, Fred Van Vliet is in at eighty eight. Marcus Smart, I know we love Marcus Smart. He's clocking in at eighty seven on this list, which is. Kind of kind of weird to me because I, I thought Marcus Smart would be somewhere in the 60s or 70s, and he's clocking in at 87. Right. And it, but, yeah, I, I like Karis LeVert, but it's, is he a flash in the pan or is he going to be consistent with this? Right. And that, I, I hope he is. Right. I hope he, or he proves them right. Right, and they have Kyrie over there too. And, you know, I can't say nothing yeah. about uh, KD because he's going to be out all next year. But, like – one one that really got me too was, you know, seeing Zion Williamson at forty two. How are you gonna? I, I yeah. understand, like, if this is prediction, but like, you can't. I, I'm sorry, you can't put someone like Zion in. I feel like you can't 
put these rookies who've never played in on this list. You know what I'm saying? Because because if you look at it, it's like they'll, they'll show like your their position in 19, 2018, and he yeah. had the NR, NR obviously because he wasn't in freaking he was in uh, college. So I, I I feel like these even though these guys are probably going to be end up being in a top hundred basketball, you know, like don't add them in and then go back to it later on in the year. You know what I'm saying? And then, then, then see how much right. it changes, you know what I'm saying? But like, like, right, right here at 54 is Jaron Jackson jr. Obviously he was a rookie last year and last year they didn't put him in the top 100, which I agree with because when you have a young player like that, you don't know how their game's going to translate right away to the NBA. Right. Right. No, absolutely. Yeah, Jared, oh, no, yeah, you're right. So, like, you, he had him at 54, but he's not rated. It's just like, you know, like, what, what, like, right. like if, if, if anybody that doesn't know anything was looking at him, be like, well, he must be a rookie this year. And uh, two spots ahead of Jaron Jackson at 52 is the, the first piston on the list, Andre Drummond. Um, he fell. Again, this is all, this is all just like opinion and speculation, but what do you make of, Andre Drummond and Jaron Jackson Jr. being so close together in the rankings. No, I think I think that's about right. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not big on uh, Andre, um, but you know yeah. what? I keep him close to my heart because he's a young dude. He hustles on the rebounding end. I want to see him be more aggressive both on the defense and the offensive end. You know, because I think he has it. I think he has it. But you know, and I keep using youth as like you know something to hold on to. Because, you know, in the next five years, he can still be playing the same way he's playing. And just like, come on, I don't want to see one out of you, guy, you know. But I, I, I love Dre, dude. He, close to my heart, dude, because he's a young dude and he hits the boards. And he tries to do all the right things. But sometimes I do think he gives up, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. but being at 52, I'll take it. I'll, I'll, I'll take it, you know what I'm saying? Because, uh, you know, I don't even see where Blake Griffin is even on here. Yeah, Blake Griffin clocked in at 23. Ooh, 23 for 23. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, he yeah. jumped up 10, 10 and, spots from last year. He was at 33. Yeah, slightly ahead of D'Angelo Russell at 26, De'Aaron Fox at 25, uh, right behind Pascal Siakam, who I really like. You know, he wasn't on the on the list last year, and now he's jumping up all the way to 22. I think that's pretty fair. I really like Pascal Siakam. And I'm excited to see what his role is now that Kawhi's not in Toronto and Danny Green's not in Toronto. He's going to have to shoulder more of a burden. Oh, yeah, big time. Piazzo Siakam is going to be the, the number one guy there now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I, I think I think that's fitting for him. I think he's uh, being most improved player and, and coming uh, around and doing what he did in the playoffs, all through the playoffs and being consistent. Yeah, I can see him jumping up there. What I don't like is seeing Jimmy Butler at 21, to be honest with you. Jimmy Butler didn't show me. You think that's too low or too high? I think it's too high. I think think Jimmy Butler should be, like, in the 40s. You know what I'm saying? Everyone thinks, like, even even though I think he's one of the, you know, top five, you know, two-way guards, you know, two-way, you know, small forwards, you know, can play. He's good on defense and offense both ways. I just didn't see too much out of him last year. You know what I'm saying? So he, to me, Jimmy Butler, to me, seems like he might have, you know, a cancerous attitude when it comes to the locker room. You know what I'm saying? He's just. And I think, I think they're putting a lot of weight on how he performed in the second round. You know, that great series between Philly 
and Toronto. But I agree with you. Before that series and outside of that series, I'll give them a bit of a break because it's difficult to make a huge impact when you're traded in this in-season. But, yeah, he kind of does have those cancerous traits where he's the one threatening and demanding the trade. Like, well, you got to deliver after that. Right, no doubt. You have to deliver right after that. Um, But, yeah, he's he's, – I wouldn't – I don't see him being right there. Uh, Luka Doncic surprised me, man. That dude jumped from 63 last year to 16. What do you think about that? From 63 to 16. You know, I I obviously didn't get to watch a lot of Mavs games, but, yeah, the kid can play. (laughs) He's kind of putting Dallas back on the map giving them a, a face outside of Dirk Nowitzki, which is great. Because I love Dirk, but it's kind of like Eli Manning. You know, you've been in the face of the same franchise for so long that you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become a villain. And I think Dirk knew when to call it quits, and Eli Manning did not. So. Right. And then, you know what? Like, uh, he has Porzingis. I hope I hope Porzingis gets uh... – Yep. Gets um, which got a little uh, oh, um, healthier this year. But it's crazy because I'm you look at Porzingis and he'd have him at 34, but last year they had him at 59. Did he even really play last year? Right, that's kind of interesting how he would jump 25 spots like that and be ahead of the like. So he's right ahead of Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, uh, Chris Middleton, Draymond, Al Horford. Right, d- dudes who like deeply impacted their teams last year. Right. So it's like I love I love Christoph Porzingis. I think that's one of the most intriguing storylines to watch is how do Luca and Porzingis gel on the maps this year. But yeah, I don't know how he jumps twenty five spots like that. Not playing and yeah, not playing while Horford's fallen three spots and I thought he had a, a really nice season. Draymond fell twenty two spots. He was coming in at sixteen last year. And I know he had a rough regular season but i thought he performed up to the task in the playoffs right and like like clay thompson man last year is 18th now he's 49th i understand he has an injury but like if we're going off of last year you know what i'm saying that dude played phenomenal up until like what the last two games of you know until his leg was taken away from right. him. In, yeah, in, in the was... last few games of the finals, you know, this guy's got, this guy went through regular preseason, regular season, all the way to the end, and all of a sudden he's going to drop the forty nine. This is a, one of the this guy shot fourteen three pointers in a uh, in in what in one a game record, thirty something points in a quarter. You know, it's it's a freaking record. He has rings. He's a champion. You know what I'm saying? He plays great on both ends of the court. I personally, obviously, love Clay Thompson. That is a bullshit rank they're giving him based off of his injury. If you're going to base off his injury this year, then why are you putting rookies in here? You know what I'm saying? Like, to me, I love love ESPN, but, like, some of these I don't get. Clay and Jimmy should be flipped. Yes. I would do that. Playing Jimmy should be flipped for sure. But, you know they're going they're yeah. going off of oh well he's injured this and that and that and third you know and where does uh, Kevin Durant fare in this? Is he even ranked in this? I don't even see him on the list. You know he's not even ranked. I in think this. they know he's not. They know he's not coming back. Yeah. Okay. At least yeah. So like that 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 but, I can get with that I can understand. You know what I'm saying? 
But but their their top ten list, I don't have too many grievances with. Yeah, go. We want to go through top ten really quick. Yeah. So at number ten, they got Paul George. Uh, you know, he's got some injury troubles as well, but you know, everybody at that stage in their career has something they're playing with. Right. At number nine, uh, Damian Lillard. I really like Damian Lillard. I think he's finally getting some of the recognition he deserves. And I don't know if he'll ever bring a, a ring to Portland, but they're going to be entertaining to watch as long as he's there. So, right. And, uh, Number eight. This is where it kind of gets iffy. Uh, Joel Embiid. How do you feel about Joel Embiid clocking in at number eight? I like Joel Embiid. I just think he needs to work on his cardio because he has his physical. Duke can yeah. shoot everywhere. The Duke can play great defense. It's just that, uh, he, you know, he like I feel like towards in the playoffs, when it comes to like a game seven, game eight, that dude is just looking like a you know like a drunken giraffe on roller skates out yeah. there. Yeah. And he's just everywhere, you know what I'm saying? And it happened the past two years where they ended up trying to give him the ball in the last seconds to be the, you know, guy, and he ended up just failing miserably. So I think he needs to work on his right. Part. He's right there. I think he's one of the, definitely one of the top centers in the league. I think so, too. And, um, you know, availability is the best ability. Right. But he's not the highest at his position because clocking in at number seven is, I think, our – favorite collective player between the two I of love us. This and there's a movie coming out today about his life, The Joker. Nicole Jokic. Right. The movie's about him. Yeah, right? it's it's about him. It's about him and his uh fall from grace and him realizing that, you know, his his uh life isn't a tragedy, it's a comedy. And then, you know, he just he just <laughs> goes from there and um just schooling dudes. I I really like the love that Jokic is getting. I I love the Nuggets core of Murray and Jokic and Harris and Malik Beasley coming off the bench. Um, Michael Porter Jr. might be making his debut this season. I'm really excited to watch the Nuggets. Yes, I'm, I, and you know what? Michael Porter Jr. is very, very intriguing player if he stays healthy. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he can. Yep. They got a couple of those type of players because they also drafted Bull Bull. Yeah, Bull Bull. That's true. And how tall is he? Like seven foot, like 29? Right. He's he's like a, a shoe beneath uh, Taco Fall. Right, but he he can move. He moves a lot better than Taco Fall does. Yeah, he moves a whole, whole lot better. I mean, there's there's a reason Bull Bull was recruited by the the likes of you know Duke and Oregon, and you know Taco Fall. I love I love Taco Fall, but you know he played for Central Florida. Right, and and he's he's pretty he, that that dude is just a paint presence at 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 the most you know what i'm saying yeah. maybe he might develop a shot who knows but he's a paint president all the way he's like he's like ooh another uh what's his face boban it's like a it's like a it's like a black <laughs> boban it's like a white taco so you know just uh yeah. you know just stand here and uh just dunk it's, the ball standing you know, they could be they could be fan favorites and it's it's good to practice against when you need to have when you need to practice against a mismatch like, right like a Zion. Yeah, right, know. got to slay a giant or something. Perfect. Right. Yeah, but, like, you talked about uh, their Denver. Dude, me, you talk about Denver like they're our second favorite NBA team, which I think they probably are, right? But Yeah. But, like, Jamal Murray, number 27, he's at number 27. The, ra- the blue arrow. Right. And um, he he jumped up from 46, almost 20 spots. So, you know, uh, over, you know, over 20, you know, yeah, almost 20 spots. I've, so. had, I've had this debate with my friends during the playoffs 
right now, if I'm starting a team and I'm taking everything into consideration, like injuries, uh, cap hit, what have you, I'm taking him, Jamal Murray, over Ben Simmons. I would do that too because the fact is, is that Ben Simmons is either going to take it to the rack or take it to the rack and dish it. <laughs> That's what Ben, and ben, ben Simmons is a phenomenal passer. He might be the best passing player in the NBA. Right. And I'm, but Jamal Murray, I just see the fiery competitiveness in him. I see the willingness to shoot and the ability to make it when he needs to. Right. He's been healthier. And he could be a little bit more consistent and deliver in crunch time. You know, he's got a really good backup in Monty Morris too. So he can be more rested throughout the season than Ben Simmons. But right. Uh, uh, me personally, I would, I would take Jamal Murray over Ben Simmons. Most definitely. Cause you know, you know, at the end of it, you get a, Ben's going to need shooters around him. Jamal Murray can be that shooter himself at times when needed. Um, And he's damn good at it too. So yeah, I'm with you on that one too. Even though Ben Simmons is a one hell of a passer and I've seen some, and I've seen some uh, videos uh, over the off season about Ben Simmons uh, working on his jump shot. So, I mean, it it can happen, you know, it can happen. I hope he he does get it together because it would be a shame to waste a career like that. Like there's no reason somebody like him should be scoring one point in a playoff game. Right. Absolutely. I'm with you on that one, but yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Jokic, man, you know, I, I love Jokic. Um, I like the quarter to have around him. I, I would like to see Jokic get a little more physical. You know what I'm saying? He, sometimes yeah. he looks like he's soft, but he's, and, and... he could be, he, you rarely hear this about anybody. He could be more of a diva. He could be more of, uh, you know, Keyshawn Johnson. Get me the damn ball. He could be more like that. Right, he could be because he, he facilitates and he's not selfish. But I want to see him be more – I want to see him kind of chisel himself out and not be kind of like pudgy a little bit. But, you know, if it, yeah. if it works for him, do your thing, bro. You know, hey, you're, you're top 10 NBA player. Do your freaking thing if that's what works for you. <laughs> right. I, I, think, I think if he got his cardio and got a little chisel, lost some weight – that that would be unstoppable. So, yeah. Uh, clocking in number six, Chef Curry with the sauce. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. I think uh, he, I glad, think you should I'm switch glad. him and uh, him and uh, who's coming up at four. But that's my opinion. Okay. Well, we'll get to that at number five. Anthony Davis. Ad. Um. I'm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what what to say about Anthony Davis. I hope the Lakers can keep him happy because once he's not happy, you know it's, he's it's kind of a bummer. He's a diva. he is a diva. Yeah, right. I feel yeah he's kind of at one end of the spectrum, and Jokic is at the other end. Exactly, and they play a similar position. But we'll see how he gets used uh, with the Lakers. I've heard rumors of LeBron James running at the one and Anthony Davis running at the five in the same lineup. So Jesus. that's something intriguing to watch. Right. And, and and you can throw in Boogie Cousins in the mix there too. You know? Yeah. So I mean it's 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 gonna be something to watch uh the Lakers wall this year, most definitely. And not only Boogie Cousins, but Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard, yeah, they got Dwight now. This He's is like back in LA. This is like this is like Dwight Howard's like, come on, I need a ring, please give me a ring. I need a ring. <laughs> 
He needs to get Shaq off his back. Yeah, he needs to get Shaq off his back. He does. But yeah, you alluded to it. Number four, James Harden. Yeah, you know, he's got a good beard for radio. Good beard for radio. You know, I'm just um, I I like James Harden, but I I like I like Steph better. I think I I think Steph, I like Steph's game a, a whole lot better. Right. That's just me. And playoff Steph is a lot better than playoff Harden. Oh, a whole lot better than playoff Harden. I think I think uh, I think history speaks for itself right there. <laughs> At number three, I believe this is the first time he's not number one since uh, the 2011 season, LeBron James. LeBron James, LeBron James. But, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of the same territory as Davis for me. I think I think this is right where LeBron needs to be. Um, if it was anybody else that had a season last year like LeBron James did, <laughs> You'd have to drop him down, but it's LeBron James, so yeah, I give the guy man a benefit right. of the doubt. So I think he's right at where three needs to be. Um, yeah, I go with it. Yeah, I dig it, and I can't argue too much because at number two is the claw, and I think Kawhi Leonard comes in at number two because the people who made this list kind of value the full body of work versus what you did in the playoffs alone. Because if it was just playoffs alone, Kawhi Leonard would be number one and number two and number three. <laughs> right. But um yeah, I um number one obviously is Gian Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um I get it. Reigning MVP. Reigning MVP. I get it most definitely. I can I, I would have been fine with either or because I mean who 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 Kawhi had to go through some beasts to get to where he had to get to to win a championship, right? You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and he, they slayed onto the Kumbo. So, like, I mean, it's like a fine, you know, it's a little eh, fine line you're kind of walking at that point. So, right. like, I would have minded and, and ju- either or if, if Giannis was one or two or Kawhi was one or two. I think I wouldn't mind yeah. it. But those, are, th- those two guys, definitely, they got that way at least. And Kawhi did carry his team past a lot of players on this list, past um, Embiid and Simmons in round two, past Giannis Antetokounmpo's team in round three to get to the finals where they did beat the Warriors. Um, and I want to kind of get into another ESPN article, not to like keep advertising for ESPN, but you know, this is just you know what, what I scroll through when I'm bored at work and trying to get some show prep done. They did their uh, their four tiers of the preseason, you know, like championship tier, playoff tier, you know, what have you. Right. And, yeah, I got some grievances on this. So, if we got anything else we want to get to on uh, the top ten. Um, no, I think it's it. If they want to look at the top 100, I think you guys can check it out. Uh, look for yourself. I, I was kind of looking at other – you know, Sports Illustrated has a top 10. Um, Bleacher Report does as well, or top 100. Bleacher Report does as well. So you can kind of, mm-hmm. you know, they're a little different. So, I mean, you can make your own, you know, I don't know, assessment on the whole thing. But, yeah, um, I, I didn't mind them with you 10, but sprinkle here, sprinkle there. I got to I gotta say, uh, I just can't agree with it. But, um, yeah, we can move on. Yeah. So uh, this is from Zach Lowe at ESPN. Uh, anybody wants to go check it out on the website. Um, he's got his, his tiers. Tier one, he says top title contenders. I was going to list them off, and then uh, we'll say what we think about this. Okay. 
Clippers, Lakers, Bucks, 76ers, Jazz. And then right on the fringe are the Rockets, and he's got the Nuggets in a prove-it status. I don't know what the Jazz are doing on that list, honestly. Uh, dude, I was just about to say that. J- take Jazz <laughs> off the list and replace him with the Nuggets. I Don't get me wrong, I like the Jazz, but like, what do you think Mike Conley taking over for Rubio is going to be like – Right. Boom! Oh, crazy! I like Mike Conley. Three years ago, maybe. Right. And I like Mike Conley. Don't get me wrong, but he's not like the. Uh, that's it. We got a championship because now we got Conley. No, and you know Jingles does his yeah. thing. Don't get me wrong. Rudy Gobert uh, is you know up there. So like Gobert, yeah. whatever. I like I I I like their squad. You know what I'm saying? And Donovan Donovan Mitchell sometimes he takes it to the rack when he does not need to. So, yeah, I think he's still a little green to be putting them that high in the West and they're, that being the man that they're going to hang their head on. I love Donovan Mitchell. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think, like, it, he's – It's that, still causing me pain to see him play. Right, especially when we could have had him. But I, That's still very fresh. Right, but I don't, I don't think – I still think he's too green to be the guy that's going to elevate them far – into the playoffs to get to the finals. You know what I'm saying? They'll get they'll get to the playoffs, no doubt. But not above I don't I don't think above like Denver, Houston. I don't I don't see yeah. that. And I don't have too many grievances with that tier. I'm still nervous to put all my eggs in the Lakers basket because Boogie Cousins is hurt. They don't have a lot of depth. I don't think they have a lot of shooting. Danny Green can be hot and cold. Like he's not super consistent, so I'm I'm gonna have to be like halfway through the season before I really get a peg for what I think of the Lakers. Most definitely, and you know I've I've been um I'm on the Pistons in my NBA 2K. I know it's kind of off, you know. So uh, my guy career, my 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 career. So I'm on the Pistons. We played against me mm-hmm. play against the Lakers on like Hall of Fame. Like, I had to drop it down when you play against, like, certain teams. You have to, I drop it down from Hall of Fame to, like, superstar or, like, sometimes, you know, star. Yeah. Because, dude, like, I their second string, because, you know, you got to, like, work your way up to be a – their second string is, like, Rondo. <laughs> uh, uh, what's this? There's yeah. Rondo. There's freaking uh, Dwight Howard. They have, like uh, – uh, KCP, I'm like, even their second line looks good, you know? So, I, I mean, it's it's right it's right to put them up there most definitely. I think you got to do it just off track record alone, you know what I'm saying? Right, and they got the name. And they got the name for sure. All right, so the next tier, um, I guess we'll call it tier three because the Rockets and Nuggets were kind of tier two. Okay. Strong playoff teams, they list the Celtics, the Heat, the Nets, and the Magic, and they kind of put those all under the asterisk of the East Stinks. <laughs> wow. So where where's the Raptors aren't even up there? Nope. Neither of the teams in the – neither of the reigning participants of the NBA Finals so you said, were in the top three. So teams. you said Heat, Magic, Bucks, Sixers, that's it? Yeah, who was in that tier? Yeah, Celtics, Heat, Nets, and Magic. I guess that is tier two. Celtics, uh, that we're still on. Heat, Nets, and Magic. What happened to the Bucks? What happened to the Sixers? Were they in the tier one? Oh yeah, yeah. We named them in the okay, tier cool. one. All right, Sorry, cool. I got you. We kind of glossed over them. Gotcha. A little bit. Yeah, Sixers. Sixers. I think 
it was going to, I don't think it was ever going to like fully work with Simmons. Uh, shit, I'm drawing a blank on his name. We were just talking about him. Butler and Embiid. And Embiid. I think that could have been fun for one season, but long term, Butler was the odd man out. And I think it's smart to lock up Tobias because yes. he's a shooter. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, bring in Josh Richardson. I think that'll be an interesting fit to watch. And they signed Al Horford. True. That's true, too. Good old Al. Good old, good old dependable, man. Right. Mr. Funds. Who, who outdid Embiid two years ago in the playoffs. And now Embiid can learn a thing or two from Absolutely, him. man. But So, what's the next tier? The next tier, they list borderline playoff teams. And this is where, <laughs> this is where I kind of lose credibility in this article. Okay. Borderline playoff teams. I'm just going to rattle them all off. Okay. okay. Borderline playoff teams. Borderline. Borderline. Pacers, Raptors, Pistons, Bulls, Warriors, Trailblazers, Mavericks, Spurs, Pelicans, and Kings. What? He did that. You're telling me the Warriors and Trailblazers are on the same line as the Bulls, Pistons, and Kings? Wow. See, me and you are thinking the same thing because those two are the ones that jumped out at me too. Is what the fuck you – excuse me. What the heck do you think Warriors <laughs> and uh, Trailblazers are doing down there? Did you not see last season? They didn't make that much of a, uh, a uh, trade in their team except for KD, and they got yeah. back D'Angelo. Uh, okay, and and uh, Nurkic, I'm sure Nurkic is going to come back from his uh, from his uh, gruesome injury with uh, a bionic leg that's going to be working better than his old leg. So yeah, who? Who was the guy that came in and replaced Nurkic? It was um, the guy with the little mustache. You know, he wore double zero. Oh, uh, Cantor, Enos Cantor. Yeah, Enos Cantor played nice, but Yusuf Nurkic went healthy. Is is such an upgrade, and the only reason he's not still with the Nuggets is because they have Jokic. They dra- the Nuggets had like the greatest draft, the, like low key one of the best draft classes of all time five years ago. Because they drafted Nurkic, then they got Gary Harris at 19, and then late in the second round, they got Nikola Jokic. Okay. But uh, getting off track again. Yeah. I don't, I don't get why so many people are selling stock in the Warriors. Right. I don't, I don't get it either. And you know what else is funny, too? I mean, is it, is it because not, – not what's funny, but is it, I wonder if it's too because they're, they're switching from Oracle. I wonder if that whole change is going to be a change to them. I wonder if he's adding that, and right. like, like kind of like a mental thing. But what would also that's an interesting. What take. also gets me too. Here's a here's an even better take for you, bro. What what rank did they put uh, uh, Lillard in? They put him at number nine. What rank did they put CJ McCollum at? Thirteenth. Oh. Right. Yeah. So you got these two a nine and a thirteen top players. players, and you're saying that they're borderline. They're a borderline playoff team. Wow! But the Jazz are a championship contender. I think I think these ESPN analysts and uh, writers need to collaborate with each other before they put contradictory shit out there, because you're totally contradicting right. yourself at that point. You're, you're telling hey. me that two top thirteen players are on this team, right? With Enos Cantor, Nurkic is coming back. You know what I'm saying? And you're telling me that they're not going to make the playoffs? That's asinine. It's absolutely ass- – it makes no sense. This makes no sense to me now. And 
the Warriors, Steph Curry can still play. Draymond Green can still play if he's in shape. Klay Thompson is should be healthy by the back half of the season. Right. Steve Kerr is a good coach. He's going to figure out how to work D'Angelo Russell into this lineup. Because is... I see all the people voicing their concerns that he's a point guard and Steph Curry's a point guard. But guess what? You can play a degree of positionless basketball. You don't have to go all the way in on positionless basketball. You just said it, man. That's what the NBA is. The NBA is positionless basketball. So big deal if you have two right. point guards out there. You know what I'm saying? That, that doesn't matter. And you saw how big of an impact it was in the finals when Curry was on the bench. Now you're not going to have nearly the drop-off if D'Angelo Russell, at worst, is running the second team. Right. Exactly. I mean, and, I don't you're, – you're right. I don't understand those borderline uh, making the um, – NBA playoffs teams as trailblazers and go right. for it. I'm, some of the, I'm yeah, some of these teams are borderline playoff teams, like you know the Pistons, the Bulls, right. uh, the Kings. The Kings low key could be a team to watch. They got some young talent on that team, or the Pelicans, borderline playoff team. We'll see. Right, that's crazy. But yeah, I I would be shocked if the Warriors aren't hosting a playoff series. <laughs> And not only not only D'Angelo Russell, you know, they draft they got some more shooting. They drafted Jordan Poole. Right. You know. I mean we'll see how much of an impact he makes early on because he is a rookie, but hey. I I don't mind that pick for the Warriors. No, I, I think he I think he fits their fits their scheme perfect out of all the out, right. out of all the NBA teams. Kavon Looney's coming back. They brought in Willie Cauley Stein, who's kind of been under the radar. Right. So it's like I don't. I just. I don't get. I don't. I don't understand that style of thinking right there. I don't get it. Right. And um, tier four, which they just call the rest. I'm going to call gutter trash. Uh, the Knicks, the Hawks, the Cavs, Wizards, Suns, Grizzlies, and Hornets. The Grizzlies. I. I think I would move up to the next tier. But aside from that, I can't argue too much on that. Yeah, list. you know what? You know what list breaks my heart though, the Washington Wizards, because I love I love man. Bradley Beal. I love the way Bradley Beal plays, man, and I and and he's and he's such a good dude. Didn't he get like the uh, the like the NBA Man of the Year or something like that? Or yeah, you no, know, he's such a good he's such a good dude. And I just think that somebody like John Wall, who has a lot of talent. Also has a cancerous kind of attitude when it comes to the, you know, what I'm saying just, just just how him and uh, what's 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 the big uh, Polish dude that played for them, Marshan Gortat, Marcin Gortat, yeah, and yeah. the way they went back and forth with each other, it's just like, dude, if you're if you're you're the point guard, you're the leader, man. If someone wants to be ignorant towards you, dude, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know how it started, but you're gonna be the one to finish it. You know what I'm saying? You should be the one yeah. to finish it. That's why when you look at good franchises where. You know the the point guard is the man, or the quarterback is the man. You know, saying I'd, I'd usually say the point guard's the quarterback of the team. Look at look at the Patriots, man. I mean, Tom Tom Brady is you know not gonna put up with that bullshit. You go somewhere where right. where there's a point guard need, needs to put an end to that, and John Wall's not that dude. And it's kind of kind of shitty because I'll you got someone on the other end like uh, Bradley Beal, who's Bradley Beal. is a consummate you know it's- pro. It's so funny how the NBA can change so much in two years. You remember when, when we were at in school to, uh, a little over two years ago, 
there was that great series between the Wizards and the Celtics, and it really boiled down to Isaiah Thomas versus John Wall. And those looked like two point guards at the height of their powers going pound for pound right. in like a, a heavyweight fight at each game. And now look at those two. I don't even know what, what team Isaiah Thomas plays for, honestly. I think he plays for the Wizards now. No way. Look it up, dude. Look it up. Alright, I wanna look up small Isaiah Thomas. Small Isaiah Thomas. Not not the legend. Uh, or or the Kings. He plays for the Wizards. He does play for the Wizards, I thought so. So or he sits for the he Wizards. Sits for I don't the know Wizards. Playing, he's gonna do. He's I feel terrible for that guy. Right. You know what I'm saying? He's talking about two years ago. He was going head to head of him, now he's backing him up. So you're right, it it, it all changes, but that breaks my heart for the Wizards because I love Bradley Beal. I love his game, and I just think he should take yeah. it somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Because I think he's just gonna be stuck there. But I come, agree. Come Knicks, to Detroit, I think... come to Detroit, Bradley. We love you. We love you, Javier Bradley. That would be that great. Would be awesome. Um, there are some teams on on that last tier that I think are building something. You know, the Knicks. I think have a have a decent corner piece in RJ Barrett. And they got Iggy. Again, Iggy with it. <clears throat> the Hawks, obviously, have Trey Young, and they had a really deep draft. Um, but yeah, the Grizzlies, to me, I, I just think John Morant and Jaron Jackson, if they can add some pieces around those two, you know, that'll be like the new Parker and uh, Duncan to me. Hey. They could be. They could make something like that in Memphis. Most definitely, I like John Moran. I think John Moran. You hear the crazy take is gonna get Rookie of the Year. Okay, calling it early. I like mm-hmm. it. So, um, anything else we want to touch on on the NBA? Cavs were also on that list. Uh, we'll see how the Magic Man John Beeline does. Yeah, we- I think it's gonna take a couple of years for Beeline to implement what he wants but maybe this time next year we're talking about him the way we're talking about patricia and the lions potentially turning the corner maybe because i mean his his scheme fits nba perfectly so let's see how it translates like three episodes ago we were voicing our opinions on how the mcu messed it up and they lost spider-man but i guess it was just meant to be because it's been resolved yeah, it's been resolved in a great way, too, because remember remember what I was saying in that episode, how I don't really mind that this happened because they could probably still yeah. go on and do stuff because I didn't want him, him to be the face of the MCU and him to be in, like, you know, every single, you know, MCU movie cameo, this and that. Well, they're right. kind of doing it that way. They're were they're kind of like having a few movies with him. He's gonna he's gonna collaborate in some of the movies, which I said that'd be cool if he just made a cameo here and there, but kind of stuck to his own storyline. You know, saying I don't want I don't want I want his storyline to kind of branch off. I hope they do that. It sounds like they're doing that, and then they're gonna sprinkle him into MCU movies, which I have no problem with. Yeah, I I don't know how many more. Uh... Spider-Man movies we're gonna get, but it's just nice to know that like they're not gonna be rearranging the bookshelves. You know they're gonna keep they're able to keep one of their centerpieces moving forward. 
But yeah, especially with the way Far From Home ended, it would have been weird to just leave it at that. You know, they left us on such a cliffhanger with that one. Yeah, because like the Triple J came out and we're like, oh my God. You know what I'm saying? And like they could have, and with the multiverse open, you can go like any way you, you want to with it. You know what I'm saying? They could have even, you know, they can even bring, excuse me, they can even bring the Miles Rails cartoon, uh, the cartoon, the animated movie, they can bring that into the mix. You know what I'm saying? So it's like they can do so much stuff with Spider Man. And you know what kills me, dude, is that Stan's probably rolling in his freaking grave over this crap. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad they got it resolved. Yeah. And I hope they can collaborate and, and and come to an agreement and move forward you know what i'm saying because you know it doesn't matter who owns the rights as long as they do what's right you know what i'm saying and like not make it about money or not making about hey well you know well we get this to this movie you guys get that that movie this yeah. third you know what i'm saying it's like it's like if you guys cause heads come down and be like, listen, this is what the fans want. Let's give the fans what they want. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how you honor that man. You know what I'm saying? And to be fighting over stuff like that, like I'm glad they resolved it, but it, it was just probably it, it, to me it seems petty. You know what I'm saying? And Here's, yeah. And then you got you got the celebs even calling it out too. You know, so I, I'm glad they got it resolved, and I hope they can move forward and and do justice to the MCU. Here's what I think. I think people are kind of shifting away from superhero movies. Not like in a major way, but I think you're going to start to see less and and less audience numbers at these movies. Like I just I feel like a lot of people were invested in, you know, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy or the infinity saga as as they called it you know right i think we're gonna start to see people not get as excited you know not packing the midnight premieres for these movies in the next couple of years i can kind of feel it in my social circles sometimes that people are just kind of like yeah you know i had fun following these movies but i'm kind of calling it now so i just think if they can just focus on quality movies as opposed to, you know, striking chords with as, as many like demographics as possible. Not that like you shouldn't reach demographics because it's definitely exactly. the goal and it's good to like include as many people as possible. But no, no, you're you, sometimes you're right. you sacrifice movie quality for that. And I just want to see quality movies. Cause honestly, I don't know how much longer I can like follow all of this stuff like i'm i love superhero movies and i love star wars and i'm excited for those types of movies but you know the mcu is kind of like a tv show yeah it's a huge tv show right with all these episodes right and the walking dead's coming back on sunday and you and i were talking off air we don't even remember where last season left us off and this season premiere has kind of sneak snuck up on us. We didn't even realize it was coming out this weekend. Right. I got to like, I don't, I don't want the MCU to become the walking dead. Right. Where you have to like YouTube, like, uh, uh, uh are you all caught yeah. up? <laughs> Let me get an all caught up video. Okay. I'm all caught up. Like, Oh yeah, that's what happened. Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Spoiler alert. I remember the heads on the sticks and not much else after that. I think I remember like the winter time and Negan breaking free of his chains to help, um, 
Judith with something. But aside from that, I don't remember much. Right, dude. Mo- yeah, most definitely, dude. And, like, I, th- I think you're right, too, about the whole – you know what's funny? You said that about how people are moving away from the uh, whole Superman th- or superhero the genre. Thing. Yeah. I, I saw an article, and I pinned it, and I want to read it. It's Martin Scorsese, and it says Martin Scorsese says that the Marvel movies, MCU, it's not cinema, and he's not a big fan of them. So I wanted to, you know, read, you know, what his take on it is because – you know, we have this thing on Sundays we do with um with our kid with me and my wife do with um, my kids. We call it the eighties baby the eighties baby movie hour. So what we do is we watch movies that kinda like we me and my wife grew up watching. We started off with the Goonies. Um there's this movie called The Wizard with Fred Savage, where um it's like right when Nintendo was at its height and like it's about you know, he has a brother that's kind of like kind of autistic, but he's really good at video games. So they go to yeah. like they go to this like video game conference and this kid wins this like video game like tournament. It's very ahead of its time, right? So if you're a gamer, I would suggest watch Wizard with Fred Savage. It's great, great 80s movie. So like that's what we're doing. I'm trying to bring my kids into like watching 80s movies so they don't see a movie that has that doesn't have CGI and say, Oh, that's crap. You know what I'm saying? That's the right way to do it. Yeah. Right. So, like, me and my wife watched that. Um, have you have you seen that uh, horror movie called Heredity? Heredity. I don't think it I've seen that recently. One. But um, I'll, add, I'll add it to the list for this uh, October. You know how last year I, I watched all the Michael Myers movies. I'm right. gonna try to compile a new list this year. This one was recent. I think it was made like two years ago, but two or three years ago. But the same director made this movie, uh, made this other movie called Midsommar, and it just came came out. Me and my wife watching this trippy movie. It's not scary. It's really trippy. But they had such like great shots. You know what I'm saying? You know, just yeah. zoom in, zoom out. There's a pedestal. They're trucking. Like everything that we've learned, that we learned, like I, I saw it in that. You know what I'm saying? And like I want my kids to not just see CGI and just be like, oh, dude, it's garbage. There's no CGI in it. So I understand where it's going from. And that's why I think why everyone's hyping up this Joker. Now that it comes back full circle. Everyone's hyping up this Joker because it's, I don't think it's so much CGI more than just straight raw emotion acting. Yeah. And I think if the WB, if Warner brothers knows what the heck they're doing, they have a gem in their hands in the Joker. We've been, I've been saying this for, we've been saying this for over a year now, Joe, almost two years since we've heard about this. We've been saying how awesome it's going to be. How awesome it's going to be. How awesome it's going to so be. So excited. You know? And I think if Warner brothers, now starts structuring their superhero DC genre around what the Joker is, dude. Because people want to start relating to these movies. People's gonna people. That's what made 1989 uh, Batman so great is because you can relate to it. You can go to a city and think there's a dude in a cape up there. It doesn't have any superpowers except for the fact that he's super rich. And can afford all these trinkets and stuff like that. And he goes trains with ninjas. You know what I'm saying? You know, yeah. You can kind of be in that world. Like, like you can't kind of be in the MCU because visions flying yeah. around, you know, Ant-Man's fucking getting big and going down. <laughs> Captain America, Thor, real life Norse mythology is yeah. coming to life. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's cool, but like I feel people can relate more with DC. You know what I'm saying? That's a solid point. Like there's something to be said for things that are just shot on a camera. You know how you know how George Lucas shot all the the 
ATT walkers in Empire Strikes Back. They were giant replicas. You know right. how Peter Jackson got the shot of uh, the city of Gondor in Return of the King? It was a giant plastic replica. You know, so it looked like you're really over the city. Right. And I, I love that you're doing that. I think that's a great tradition. I think you're doing it the right way, Sasha. Yeah. I know it's not technically 80s, but you got to get those first two Ninja Turtles movies on that list. Oh, no. It's going to slip. It's going to, um, we're going to flip it from 80s baby movie hour. And we're done with that. It's going to be the 90s, the 90s kids movies hours. So I'm, I'm trying to, make, I'm trying to make like a, like a web series out of it and put it on, uh, put it on uh, YouTube and have me and my ki- like I want my kids to review the movies and think what they think you know what I'm saying because you know I'm a big I'm a big person of history you know what I'm saying you got to know what where we came from as people you know to move on forward you, you can't move forward yeah. if you don't pay homage to the past you know what I'm saying because the past everyone knows past that well, we're standing on the on the shoulders of giants you know what I'm saying so we got to pay homage to those people you know what I'm saying whatever facet in America it is because I'm American I don't know nothing else Whatever facet in America that people came up, you know, we got to thank everyone before us, you know what I'm saying? And, like, in the realm of comic books and cinema, yeah, I want my kids to know all about the history. You know, it's just it's just big for me, you know? And, Sasha, I've, I've come across something on Twitter in the last few days. You can buy the rotting suit that was used on screen in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, Turtles in Time, the Leonardo suit. Yes, I've it's, got... it's creepy looking, right? It's like the Have lips you seen are the pictures all... I'm talking is, about? Is this the one where the, like, the lips teeth... is messed up and the lips and his teeth are all out and his eyes his are all His teeth buggy? are coming out and oh. like, his thighs are rotting. Yes. And it's, it's funny because my Twitter profile picture is Raphael from, I think, uh, Secret of the Ooze. And, you know, that's... That's those rubber suits in their prime, you know, all oiled up and well greased to be on camera. And he's given like the thumbs up sign and he's got a, a slice of pizza in the other hand. Right. And then I shared this picture of, yeah, I guess the corpse of Leonardo because it's, it's creepy as all hell. It's funny. <laughs> but yeah, in, in like in like uh, 30 years, you know. You're not going to be able to buy the the faded vision suit or anything, right? You know, so there's there's something to be said about just things being filmed on cam on camera. I love the fact that I grew up watching those men in giant rubber suits as the Ninja Turtles and not uh, the CGI's. monsters that were made in the Michael Bay movies. Right. Like, I always thought that once the the turtles got CGI'd, that it would be that it would work you know i always thought that that was like the missing link to remaking the turtles movies and then we got what we got and i was the movies themselves were fine if you if you can get over how the turtles look it's much more enjoyable right but it takes some time to get over how they look absolutely man they're just and the crazy thing is like the actors are there but they're in all mocap you know the black body you know with the with the ping pong balls over themselves so right when you think of the Hulk, you think of Lou Ferrigno. Absolutely. No offense to Mark Ruffalo, he's a great actor, but Lou Ferrigno is the Hulk. He's built like that, you know? Right. They just slapped green paint and a wig on him and told him to act angry, and that was the Hulk. Right, and smash shit and flex. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it looks cool, you know, the uh, the current Hulk, but 
again, that's just Mark Ruffalo walking around in motion capture. And, right. you know, he's got like those weird, I don't know. I, I agree. I agree. I mean, it, yeah. it's cool for that because, like, it, it totally brings the MCU world out. But, I mean, at, at, at some point, I want, you, you know, you, you need to get rid of that and just raw acting. And I think that's why Joker is going to take off. It's it's going to absolutely take off. And I think Warner Bros. I know this started off as a Spider-Man thing, you know, but like it all comes full circle, I guess, you know, but if, if Warner Brothers just takes this and runs their universe through the eyes of this Joker movie, I think they'll kind of like start a new. Yes. And I think, I think they'll have uh, so much major success. They'll, they'll actually resonate with people. And I think more people kind of, I don't know, find something more in common with that rather than, you know, right. Vision (laughs) more. Yeah. Like black Panther is a great movie, but you know, there's not a a secret colony in Africa, you know? Right. Iron Man is, Iron Man's a great movie, but nobody with all the money in the world has invented a a flying war suit yet. Right. Right. Yeah, that is funny how we how we start with Spider Man and end up talking about Ninja Turtles and Warner Brothers. Right, but welcome back, Spider Man. I'm 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 glad yeah. they're, they're working together. Uh, I like Tom Holland. I think Tom has all the Spider Man I've seen on on uh it, on what uh on the screen that Tom Holland has probably been my favorite. Yeah, maybe it's because I'm older now, but he actually looks like a high schooler. Like maybe it's because I'm past high school now. No, like yeah, he's he's, he's Andrew a baby Garfield face. and Tobey Maguire. Just we're not in the right age range to play Spider-Man. Right. Yeah. At least they didn't look like it. I know Tom Holland is like the same age as me, so he hasn't been in high school for like six years now. But still, no, he looks he looks. It. You're right. And Andrew Garfield was way too cool. He was a way too cool of us, Peter Parker. Yeah. He was way too cool. And and Toby looked like he was like uh, you know pre med post grad or something like that. And, and you know he did not look like he was right. In high he was school. supposed to be a high school senior in Spider Man One. Yeah. And 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 the whole like goth scene when he got the symbiote on him that's just <laughs> like, the worst in the world. So I wasn't a big the, fan uh... of those. The mashups they put like him dancing next to the Joker dancing on the steps. <laughs> I love that. That's funny. I got to see those. Yeah, but we spent a wide web here at, at Beards for Radio. Absolutely, pun intended. Yeah, next week um, we'll get some more Michigan and Michigan State football. I know we didn't really touch on them on this episode, but you know, there's not really much to talk about. Right, not really much to talk about. But if you want to check out the Paul Bunyan podcast. On their Facebook. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, and uh, check out uh, Talking Shoot. We haven't done one in a while. Um, ho- hopefully, it comes up. Um, we've kind of been busy with uh, stuff. I've kind of life with life kind of moved out, trying to make it more of like a. I don't want to drive all the way to Redford to do a podcast type deal. <laughs> so we're gonna figure out how Anchor is gonna work out better for us. But it works good for us. So I just don't know. Yeah. So. That's right. You can find both of those podcasts right here on Anchor and uh, all throughout the web and on Facebook. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook, too. Absolutely. But a solid episode. We touched on the Lions and the Chiefs. Could the Lions be turning the corner? Uh, we'll find out, hopefully, on Monday night. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, welcome back, uh, Peter Parker. You know, um, 
and in the NBA top 100. You guys can go check that out. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys. I'll, can... I'll be sorely, I'll be sorely disappointed if Nikola Jokic doesn't at least make a cameo in the Joker movie. Oh, he he should. You know what I'm saying? Um, Boban Boban Miran Boban Miranovic made a, a cameo Miranovic. in a week three. <laughs> Yeah, he got his ass beat too with a book. If you guys go check that <laughs> out, but hey. all right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody from Beers for Radio. I'm Joe, and I'm Sasha. Keep it fresh. Later, guys. The Beards for Radio podcast is sponsored by Farbar. Visit far-ebar.com to browse all of the products available. We're talking t-shirts, jackets, handbags, hoodies, flannels, reconstructed things. I can't even like put into words how original, creative all of the material you will find at far-ebar is. Farbar designs stitches does everything himself and it's good to reward small businesses and hard work so do us all a favor visit far-ebar.com and do yourself a favor and your closet a favor and get one of these products now